Hey, this is Tim. Before we start, I need to explain my part in today's story. The mother in this story, Allie, is my sister, and her son Macklin is my nephew. While they are my family and I've been a small part in the story, it's Allie's story to tell, and I've tried my best to eliminate my point of view. So here's the episode. Hope you enjoy it. This is Abel, the show that tells the stories of parents who have children with disabilities. I'm Tim Tedeschi. So yeah, back and forth throughout the pregnancy, there was talk that possibly something was wrong, but when we went in there that day, we were under the impression that everything was okay. So to um, deliver a baby and then have them just rushed out of your arms is pretty horrifying. I Actually, I don't even think I got to hold him. This is Allison Gamelia. On the day her son Macklin was born, he was immediately taken to the neonatal intensive care unit and placed on oxygen. He weighed just five pounds and three ounces. And later that day, Macklin was diagnosed with a genetic mutation called Cornelia DeLange syndrome, commonly called CDLS. Just based off his physical features, they were able to diagnose him pretty quickly, which is a lot to take in because we were just completely bombarded with websites and handouts and all kinds of stuff. You know, it's like, I just have a newborn and I'm looking at stuff of like a 21-year-old with CDLS. That's a lot to process, you know, trying to think of your whole child's life in five minutes uh, is very difficult. Allie's mom and Max's grandma, Nadine Tedeschi, said it was a scary time for the family. You go into kind of a mourning, like a grief, because you recognize that this little baby that you already love, even though you really didn't get to know him, is going to have struggles and... I think at times, too, maybe fear because he was so sick when he was born. You know, the thought does enter your mind, is he going to survive? Max spent the beginning of his life in the NICU struggling to breathe, especially when he tried to eat. And then it was tough, too, because he got to come home for a week, and then, unfortunately, he had an episode of aspiration. So then we had to go back to the NICU, and he was there for, gosh, I want to say another month. So, and it's always hard to see your child in pain. You know, he's getting poked and prodded and all kinds of tests and IVs and stuff like that. So it was a very difficult time. Individuals with CDLS display distinct physical characteristics, developmental delays, and other health problems. Nadine said it felt like the doctors were finding something else wrong with Macklin nearly every day he was in the NICU. You know, with his heart, with his lungs, with his digestive system, even with his, like, appendages, his eyes... It was very difficult because Macklin had something wrong almost like with everything. Allie, her husband Nick, her three-year-old daughter Gianna, and other family members spent the better part of the next few months visiting and staying with Mac in the NICU. Anytime any child's in the NICU, it's just so hard on the family because you want to be there all the time, but at the same time, you do have to have a break. You have to go home. You have to eat. You have to take care of yourself. Um, In our case... We had an older daughter as well, so we had to be there for her. Wait, Gianna? Just say my name? Yeah, just say, I'm Gianna and I'm Max's brother. Uh, or sister. sister. <laughs> I'm Gianna and I'm Max's sister. Gianna wasn't very talkative when I tried to interview her, but she's been like a second mother to Mac. She plays with him, helps take care of him, and she even makes up songs that she sings to him. They have a really just amazing bond. He, um, he loves her to death. And she loves him. And, you know, she had to see all of that stuff that he's gone through from being in the NICU to 
all these doctor's appointments, hospital stays, all that. Um, and at the time, she was only three when he was born, so it's a lot to take in. And she just has that compassion for him. Mac eventually came home from the NICU, but he was in and out of the hospital frequently for the first two years of his life. He was sent home with a heart monitor and oxygen tanks, had trouble eating, and the tiniest cold could lead to an infection. He also wore a helmet to help shape his flattened head, and he wasn't reaching developmental milestones at the appropriate times. Trying to coordinate all the different care um, on a daily basis, whether it's with doctors or therapists or what have you, managing that, maybe having other children in the house and what have you, that in and of itself can be very difficult. Um, So trying to build some type of support for the families, I think, is really, really important. That's Deirdre Suma, a family service coordinator for the Cornelia DeLange Syndrome Foundation. When I asked Allie to list all of the doctors Mac has gone to in just four years, it took her a while to make sure she got them all and wasn't forgetting anyone. Okay, he has a cardiologist, an ENT, um, pulmonologist, eye doctor, there's so many, oh, GI, endocrinologist, um, of course, his regular pediatrician, but we've had to see her more than what a typical kid would see, a pediatrician. I mean, the doctor's appointments have slowed down, but when he was younger, his first and second year, I mean, we would have follow-ups every month with all of those doctors, and that's a lot to balance. Nadine made the trip to many of these doctor's appointments as well. I remember when Allison had doctor's appointments, um, especially in the beginning, and he had so many, I would have to drive in the back seat because if he would stop breathing, somebody would need to know. That's how medically fragile he was. So there was always had to be somebody in the back seat with him in case he would stop breathing. Mac didn't act and respond like a typical baby, and his unique situation made it hard for Allie to connect with him. He was in so much pain and discomfort that he would actually cry when I picked him up. And as a mother, that was a really hard thing to deal with because usually your kids are crying, you pick them up, and then you you comfort them, you calm them down. And for him to not want me to hold him was, it was devastating. And, so I, I, I had a lot of just bitterness at first, and it was just really hard to get close to him. And, you know, the, at that time, they weren't sure if he was hearing or what. And I just remember feeling so, so odd, like, well, is it even worth talking to him? And, you know, he, can he hear me? Like, I just, I felt so disconnected. And, you know, looking back, I feel so terrible for thinking those things or feeling that way. But, you know, it's just normal human stuff. When Mac was six or seven months old, he began to go to therapy. Pretty soon, he was meeting with a physical therapist, occupational therapist, and speech therapist weekly. It meant more appointments and a busier schedule for Allie, and it was difficult to adjust at first. You know, it was hard. I remember at first when I was going, you know, he would just cry the entire time and didn't want to do anything. And 
I would just get so angry at the therapist, like, oh, I can't believe she's making him do that. He was not always happy in therapy to get messed with, but you could tell right away that he just had just a very sweet spirit about him. He's, you know, cute and super fun to work with, but, you know, kind of a fussball sometimes, too. That was Emily Orlando, Max's occupational therapist, and Megan Hoon, his speech therapist at Cleveland Clinic Children's Therapy in Beechwood, Ohio. Very quickly, Mac developed a bond with Emily, Megan, and his physical therapist, Janine Lorch. He slowly began to make progress in different areas. He didn't start crawling until he was two, and then he really took off. Then when he was three, he started climbing onto things. Uh, like onto the couch, and um, now at four, he can pull himself up to standing, can get on and off the couch, which is huge. And now he's just everywhere, climbs up the stairs. So yeah, this past, his third and fourth year have been amazing. He's really taken off. It's just extremely rewarding that he is as good as he is at crawling and moving. And with independent mobility for any child, once they can start moving around, that it opens up a whole new world for them. So I think that has really made his personality blossom. That's Janine, Mac's physical therapist. Emily said it's exciting to see Macklin have these bursts of advancement. One thing about him that's awesome is that he like makes these jumps of progress where like he'll be working on a certain skill for so long and everyone's getting like a little bit burnt out by it. And then one day, like all of a sudden he just does it and he'll just make like meet all of his goals, and he, we have to make all new goals for him. So he goes through these really big periods of growth where you see so much growth and change. Nadine has taken Mac to therapy many times and says the relationship between Mac and the therapists is key. The therapists just are like family. They know Macklin's personality. They know how to push him. They know how to encourage him. And I would even venture to say that Macklin really loves them because he's known them since he was an infant. Allie thinks another big step in Mac's development was the arrival of his twin baby sisters, Camden and Cadence, in June of 2014. He became the most active after they were born, and even though they weren't moving yet, it just, it was funny. It's almost like he kind of knew, oh, I gotta kick it into high gear. Nadine helps Allie watch the kids on Mondays and Wednesdays and has seen the interaction between Mac and the twins develop. And, you know, it's funny because with Mac and the the twins, it goes back and forth with both of them because the twins can tease Macklin, but Macklin now has learned to give it right back to them. And, I mean, Macklin will crawl over and take things from them or, or and they do vice versa, but... There's also times where the twins really want to help Macklin. Mac is four now, and he's still nonverbal. But Allie says her relationship with him has come a long way from when she was questioning if he could even hear her. It's just amazing. He just, the communication that we have between each other, he, he is nonverbal, but... I know every single thing that he wants, and I mean, he just, he will make it known what he wants, whether he's just putting something in my hand or throwing his whole body at me or what, and it's just, just the look in his eyes, the way he looks at me now, and 
with that smile and his laugh. He's just the happiest kid, and we just, I just, I know, I know how much he loves me, and I love him so much, and it's an awesome, awesome bond. No matter who I talk to, you can't get very far in a conversation about Mac without the person smiling and telling you about his personality. It's nice being able to know him, and I can joke around with him about it, and we laugh, and it's definitely a nice bond we've gotten over the years. And, um, you know, for Janine and Megan, too, like, we all just love him, and I think it's obvious that we all do. And he's even, like, with other patients and other therapists, everybody knows him. He's a little bit of a celebrity around when he comes in on Wednesdays. You know, Macklin is the most joyful little boy we've ever known. In spite of all the limitations and the things he's had to overcome, his personality is so endearing. Everybody who knows Macklin loves Macklin. I think he's got a really great personality. Smiles, laughter, giggles. He's funny. <laughs> What's funny about him? He does this. <laughs> well, they can't see that yet. He shakes his head. Yeah, he shakes his head. You guys are roommates, huh? Mm-hmm. Can I say he's one of my favorite kids ever? <laughs> I could talk about Macklin for all day. Allie doesn't pretend taking care of Mac has been easy, but she's found that joking is a helpful way to bond with Mac. I'm never going to treat him or talk to him differently. I mean, he might have some challenges, but he still, he completely understands everything, even if he can't talk back. And it's just funny, you know, I've said like, oh, you better be walking by five or you have to move out and stuff like that. Just kind of add some humor to it rather than it being some depressing situation. And it's funny now, it's almost like he gets it because I'll say something like that and he just starts cracking up. And I just treat him like a normal four-year-old, regardless of what he's able to do. Janine said she thinks Allie's joking style has helped Mac progress developmentally as well. She also is very, very good at just letting him be a kid and be able to just, you know, play and move around the house like the other kids. And um, so I think that has done a, a lot of good for Macklin. Allie said even though she has a strong bond with Mac, it's still hard sometimes to communicate with him since he's nonverbal. Yes, I did say we have great communication and we do, but um, that's a whole nother, nother level, you know, to try to think about uh, he might never talk. And, uh, you know, it's scary to think, I don't know, having like a 15-year-old who doesn't speak and, uh, you know, and, and so on. Because, of course, there is those times where he's sick or not feeling well. And, of course, I eventually get it right, but it would be amazing for him to just be like, my stomach hurts. Another difficulty is the way other people respond to Mac, especially when they apologize to Allie. Other people make it harder to be his mom. You always get those comments, you know. How old is he? He's four? Oh my gosh, he's the smallest four-year-old I've ever seen. Or some people would just be so rude about it and not understand that they were being rude. But in the same thing with, I'm so sorry that he has that. That's just such an odd thing to say. I'm, I don't, I'm not angry that he has this at all, so I don't need anybody's sympathy. While others may feel sorry for him, Mac is enjoying life as he knows it. Nadine said he is especially enjoying his mobility. 
and just about three weeks ago, he was at our house, and he climbs up eight steps. Now, Macklin's four now, never gone up steps before. And the thing that was so great about it, he's cracking up laughing and smiling while he's doing it because he even understands, wow, I'm doing something that I never did before. I mean, you can't help but smile when you're around him. He always keeps me laughing. Just, you know, I'll be having like just a terrible day and, you know, everything's falling apart. The girls are screaming and whatever. And then I look over at him and he's just cracking up in the corner. I mean, you can't help but just not be angry and just kind of laugh it off. He he knows how to live. He's taking the easier out and he's he's got it all figured out. Able is produced by me, Tim Tedeschi, with editorial help from Mark Perry. We are produced at the 94.3 The Fortress Studios in Marion, Indiana. Special thanks to Cleveland Clinic Children's Therapy Services in Beechwood, Ohio, and to the Cornelia DeLange Syndrome Foundation. You can find out more about CDLS and the work the foundation is doing at cdlsusa.org. Thanks for listening to ABLE.